This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life, with your hosts, students from Nate's radio and television program. Um, okay, so thanks again for, for letting me do this with you, or doing uh, agreeing to do it with me, I should say. You're very welcome. Could we just start with um, you saying your name and, I guess, your title at, at CBC, or position, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Uh, my name is Sheila Rogers, and I'm a longtime broadcast journalist at CBC Radio. Currently, I am the host and a producer of a program called The Next Chapter, devoted to Canadian writers and writing. Uh, you've, as you have you said, you've been on CBC for a long time. You've been a huge part of my CBC listening experience for basically my whole life from as you say, the next chapter right now sounds like Canada before that. Oh, wow. Most of this morning, Morningside, all those things. Um, so you're, you're pretty well known, I, I would say, in Canada as a broadcaster and a host. But you started off in community radio, I understand. I did. Could you just tell me how, how you got started in radio? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of inauspicious. Uh, I was complaining, I was listening to CFRC, which is the Queen Student Radio Station in Kingston, and um, I was complaining to my roommate about someone who I knew was just reading record notes off a record jacket. Uh, so, like, we're talking the era of vinyl, of course. And she got so tired of me complaining, she said, well, why don't you just go down there and see if you can do any better? And I'm not saying that I did do any better, but once I did go down there, um, and I do mean down because the Queen's radio station was in the basement of Carruthers Hall, an engineering building, uh, I, I just fell in love with it. Um, I was trained to be an uh, announce operator, and when that meant, you know, you operated your own programs, you spun your own discs and so on and set your own levels and did, well, we had patch cords in those days. And I just loved it. The other thing I really loved about it was I felt a certain, um, what can I say? I felt outside of the circle of a lot of people at Queens. I'd come from Ottawa. Um, most of the people on my floor were from Toronto. And uh, I just didn't feel that I was, kind of connecting with them. And when I got to CFRC, I found other people who were probably just like me. We were kind of um, nerdy and uh, maybe a little bit uh, misfitty. And I just felt very, very at home there at the moment I walked in the door. So you had never, you had never really considered doing radio before that kind of chance? <laughs> no, uh, I hadn't, Stefan. I, my goal was to be, what I really wanted to do was to be someone who worked on the preservation and conservation of the Sistine Chapel wow. in Rome. And uh, so I was studying art history, and um, in, in 1976 or 77, Queen started an art uh, conservation program that I really, really wanted to take. But by that point, uh, I had a job in radio. I was this part is a fairy tale. I was hired off the air, and uh, I got a call from the station manager at, at uh, CKWS downtown, and um, he offered me a job, and I honestly thought it was a friend playing a joke on me, so I hung up on him finally because I had to go back on the air. And uh, Carl Kogan was his name, and he called, he called back again and said he was in earnest, and they wanted to hire me to be a country and western announcer. And I, uh, I didn't know anything about country and western music at that point, but uh, he said it wasn't going to be immediate, but in the next few months, and it was August of 1976, 
August 20th that I got hired. And uh, I, I guess, I, I mean, I love what I'm doing. I love what I get to do. It's different every day, and it always has been. That's, in, that's incredible. He heard you on the community station. And, he did, yeah. He just liked what he heard so much that he had to have you. Well, I guess I will say that that's a very lovely way to look at it. I'll, <laughs> I'll also say that this is the late 1970s, so uh, the CRTC was really looking at um, how many women were at radio stations across the country, and I think they were just putting into place a sort of affirmative action. And so I was one of the first females to be hired on staff. And four years later, the same thing uh, at the CBC. Um, and I think it was it was a very strange... Well, I, I guess I didn't know any different because I'd never had a job in radio before. Um, but it, it was a little bit odd to be the only woman sometimes. And, um, I can imagine. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I remember when I started working in the newsroom, the news director would send me out to cover really bloody accidents on Highway 401. I guess he was trying to test my mettle. And, um, you know, it, it didn't faze me. I felt, you know, you're, you're going there to cover a story and bring it back. So uh, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. That seems like a struggle that actually seems to still remain in in broadcasting. CBC, I would say, is a, is different. There, it's a more of a, di- a diverse group of people that that host shows on the radio and on television. But a lot of radio stations, at least in Edmonton, they are struggling to find female. Is that female right? Well, that I think that's at this point that's crazy um, because there are so many uh, women studying broadcasting, studying journalism, and um, I'd, I'd hate to think that that door is closing, but I am proud of CBC's record, uh, and right now the person who runs CBC Radio, Susan Margetti, has made a, a very deep commitment to diversity and, and also to, um, to digital platforms, so uh, I, th- I think that's really important really important critical yeah so before before you got into radio as you said you were studying art history um so much of your work i would say on the radio has focused on canadian arts and culture at least that's my impression of it yeah what uh what role do you see radio or broadcasting in general in shaping or reflecting or encouraging canadian culture um i think uh it has a role in each of those elements uh the cbc exists to reflect Canada to Canadians, um, and I, I think it's uh, the arts and culture is just you know we are we are storied people, and the way we tell stories, whether it's through film or video, dance, visual arts, uh, literature, theater, um, is just it, we're we're really strong country in the arts, and uh, I, I I actually will use the cliche we punch above our weight, and I think that uh, we have a, a duty to reflect that, but also to discover it, to nourish it, and uh, to make sure that the, all the, the diverse voices of Canada are really and truly heard, because um, we are a public broadcaster, and it's very important to honor our mandate and reflect what's out there. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've done, yeah, I've, done, I've spent a lot of time in the arts, it's true, but I've also been very fortunate to be in current affairs for quite a long time as well. And I think the principles of uh, journalism apply to both current affairs and to the arts. 
it's, um, you know, we, we have to bring the same rigor, the same research, uh, the same diligence in our questions. Not that this should be like medicine to listen to. I think it should, be, you know, to, it, to inform and entertain is very important. But, um, but, but ultimately, when we're sitting down for an interview or standing up for that matter, it's funny, everyone these days is saying, so-and-so sat down with so-and-so. Um, but uh, I, th- I think it's really important that we, uh, you know, we, we create a pleasurable listening or viewing experience, but that we're really on focus to try to discover something about this person, this particular person, or this particular issue. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, on that on that note, too, a lot of your extracurricular, I could say, work um, ha- involves uh, First Nations peoples in Canada. You're the Chancellor of University of Victoria. Um, you're working with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. How how important do you think it is for members of the media to be, I guess, responsible community members? Or what, what role do you think the media has in community? Oh, I think it's essential. Uh, I think if the media had really been on their game, we would have known about residential school uh, and the impact of residential school much earlier than than we did, earlier than the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Um, th- I, I've, I've heard Murray Sinclair, the, the chair, and you know, of course now senator, uh, speak about how these things were not unknown. Um, they're part of the record in Hansard in, in Parliament, but the media really didn't get on to it. There was very, very little reporting. And I think that's because the media, the people who were members of the media, went to school learning um, that Indigenous people were inferior to them. And this is the same thing that Indigenous students, Indigenous kids were being told as well, that they were inferior. So breaking that cycle uh, is very important. And uh, it, you know, it's still being broken. I think it's essential that we teach about the residential school era in our uh, in, in our curricula. But I also think it's really important, and I, I think I do see this a lot more in, in certainly in, in uh, well in, in all media right now. Um, I think the Truth and Reconciliation Commission has ha- has had such a great legacy, and one of the calls to action is uh, is about journalism and asking those really important questions about our history. So I, I think um, I think the media has a very, very, or sorry, the media have uh, a very strong uh, leadership role to play. I think what we have to be very diligent about, though, is that we're not there as uh, advocates. We're there as journalists, as reporters, uh, as people who present a forum for a story to be told. Um, I, I had to... Uh, leave Sounds Like Canada for two reasons, well, three really. I felt I was really being pulled into advocacy uh, for both uh, reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in Canada and also mental health. And uh, I felt I could not steer the, uh, the uh, current affairs program with those sorts of feelings stirring in me. And so I followed the feelings and, you know, I, I, I quit. And then a few weeks later, I was offered uh, a chance to, to uh, do a one-hour program and I submitted a few proposals and they picked the next chapter, which was great. But I think we, we have to be very wary that we are not uh, acting as advocates and um, that's not our role. We talk to advocates. We talk to activists. 
but it's not our role to do that. But our role is to be observant, to be vigilant, um, to pay attention to social justice issues and hold people accountable, I think, um, and hold people in power especially accountable. So... um, Anyway, I just I do think uh, again, you know, there there are specific calls to action for journalists, and I I think they're very very important. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to keep one's opinion, I guess, out of one's work, though. Like, but one must try. Guess, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah it is hard. It it really is hard, and I I have struggled with that. Uh, I am I'm very very happy and satisfied in my life right now that. Uh, I can be uh, an honorary witness, and I can go and talk about what I witnessed over the lifespan of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, um, and actually try to to help people understand what happened and what they can do about it. So, uh, but I can't do that on the radio. Okay, <laughs> that's that's. That's where I have to draw the line, and that's not to say I'm not going to interview Indigenous writers because. Again, back to what our purpose is about reflecting what is out there in this great land. Um, the indigenous writing scene right now is electrifying, and there's just there's so many great stories being told and great books being published. So, uh, it's a very exciting time. Yeah, and, and yeah, even keeping one's opinion, I guess, out of it, but you can still give a, a voice to the people that you might think are not being heard enough or, or things Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, and, and that, that has to be true for all voices. Um, that's, that's really important, and that's, that's a really big part of you know, being under the CBC tent. Mm-hmm. Um, through your, your long career with CBC, how, how have you seen radio change? What, what are the differences between how you started and, and what it is today? That's a really great question, and very literally, uh, when I first started at CBC Radio in 1980, I was not allowed to touch tape. I could not go out and record my own interviews. Oh, well. I had to, yeah, I had to have a technician. So um, the CBC has one great union now, the Media Guild, and we, we all do, we, we, I, I can't say we all do everything, but I can certainly go out and record my own. I do record my own stuff. I edit. Um, I do. I, I, I edit electronically. I mean, back in the day, uh, we were lugging great big reel-to-reel tape recorders around. I mean, I've seen a lot of change from reel-to-reel to cassette to the very early digital recorders. And now I record interviews on my iPhone. I mean, I just I, I, I love that, and I can't get over the quality. So technically, I've I've seen things change, and I've seen all the equipment get a lot smaller. Um, as as far as uh, the CBC goes, I think that I've seen a lessening of formality. I think that um, we don't sound. Uh, it's not that we're not formal, but. Um, I think I, I remember listening to the CBC as a kid and hearing uh, a lot more sort of uh, very proper pronunciation and uh, very mellow voices, you know, and, and of course they were all men's voices. So that's been a big change. I think that we are, we've relaxed in how we've told stories. Uh, I think right now we're, we're hearing a lot more younger voices, and I think that's really important. I mean, I was hired at the CBC when I was 24, and I think it's really important that we always have new blood moving through, through the circulation system of the CBC. Uh, I, I think that um, electronic 
media and uh, the personal media um, have really helped us hear more voices. And citizen journalism has been very interesting. And I think that, you know, you, you don't have to go through the CBC system to be a voice on CBC radio in a way that you probably did, say, 20 years ago. And I think that's been a very, very positive change. I mean, we, people are being picked up now for their podcasts and, and getting national broadcasts on the radio. But we're, we're in a really interesting time of transition as well as people move more to digital platforms. And, um, and I think that's, that's really democratic, that you listen to a program when it's convenient for you, not when we schedule it. And I, I think, like, podcasting has just been a revolution, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Do you see, I guess, do you see digital platforming as the future of radio? Do you think I there do. will remain a terrestrial home for it? Or? <laughs> uh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I, I think I, that's, that's hard to predict, but I do think that, that, uh, as, that we're, going, we're going digital and we're going there very, very rapidly. And I think that is really important, that you've, you've got to have those kinds of skills. And uh, and know how to to mount a story quickly. I mean, um, you know, the impact of Twitter on news coverage, and from the Arab Spring to you know protests to anything that's been going around the world. Um, these are really uh, exciting tools. And and right now, you know, Twitter's going to be obsolete, probably. Right? Um, I, I mean, I love Twitter. I'm a bit of a Twitter aholic. <laughs> um, but uh, I, but I know that the next big thing is right around the corner. Doug Copeland says the future is five seconds away, and um, I think we have to be we have to be nimble and we have to move with it. And I do think that is going to be important. Will there still be bricks and mortar? I don't know. I do my program from my backyard. Uh, I don't have to go into a CBC building anymore. Um, I'm in touch with my producers uh, over you know Gmail chat if they want to sort of the old talking into your headset has now become chat and and that's it's great i mean it's just uh it, it's just so much easier it works so much better i think and um so yeah i mean i guess there're always going to be people who run the joint right <laughs> but uh, but you don't necessarily have to be there to do programs and programming mm-hmm. So what is what is next for you? Are you going to continue with the next chapter? I I hope. <laughs> so. Well, that's kind of you. I again, that's something I can't predict. Um, but uh, I, I would certainly love to. I I really enjoy doing this program. Um, but uh, you know, I renew my contract from year to year, and I, I serve at the mercy of the CBC. Yeah. And I, I have had, as, as you pointed out, Stefan, I've had a long career. Um, so I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I, my interests, um, I feel right now I'm in a kind of good balance. I've got this, uh, this wonderful program. I work with two fantastic people. And, um, you know, we put it out every week, and I, I feel we're doing a really good job of, of covering what's out there. But there is so much more. There are so many stories, and there are so many more um, different ways that stories are being told. Um, we can't fit it all into an hour a week. It's, uh, so I, I don't know. For myself, um, my, my very big passion outside of radio is reconciliation is building I, 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 reconciliation can be a word that has a lot of different meanings applied to it but, but what I mean by it is that we're we're fixing something 
and we're we're building relationships with each other, and uh, and that's uh, right now. I, I I love the idea of like Venn diagrams, and you know, one circle is uh, Indigenous people in Canada, and the other circle is non-Indigenous people, and we're pushing those circles together, and they're overlapping, and there's this really messy space where we overlap. Of course. And uh, it's not, you know, it's not lovey-dovey, and, and nor should it be, but what it has to be is respectful. And we get to know each other. And I think, um, you know, I, I mean, I think that that is happening, and it has to happen. Uh, but uh, I, I really feel strongly um, that I want to live in a country that lives up to its promises. So uh, that's, that's sort of my passion uh, outside of what I do uh, for the CBC. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It's a, it was really an honor to be able oh, to talk with you. Thanks. You've just listened to the Off Mic Podcast. Tune in every week to hear what life is like in the radio world. Catch other episodes on Podbean, iTunes, and NR92 on SoundCloud. 